Greetings and welcome to the SideQuest Heroes podcast. I'm one of your host, Clive Cookson, alongside the Marty McFly to my Doc Brown, Ray Hogg. How are you doing today, Ray? Great Scott! This is getting heavy. <laughs> uh, pretty good, pretty good. I had a little uh, mouse encounter today, so uh, my heart's palpitating a little bit. We, we have a little bit of a mouse in our kitchen at the moment, yep. so... And not um, the Mickey Mouse type. No, no, it's a little tiny little field mouse. It's only like bigger, no bigger than your thumb, but uh, it was enough to hop herself out of her skin and, you know, give me palpitations. <laughs> so I'm going to have to try and get rid of them at some point. <laughs> I'm okay, I'm okay. You? Yeah, the, much better than you, I'd say, anyway, but I'm looking forward to today's episode, anyway, because yeah. today we'll be discussing some latest gaming news, then discussing games which have, like to say, manipulation or time manipulation as a tool, mechanic, or story beat in a game. But before we get into all that, if you didn't know, this is the SideQuest Heroes podcast, a podcast where we talk about everything video games. If you like the sound of that, follow and listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all those other kick-ass podcast services available online. On top of that, we're also on Instagram. You can find us there using at SideQuest Heroes and follow all of our video game related shenanigans there. Post some comments and do let us know what kind of topics you'd like us to cover in future because we're always open to ideas as usual. Now, before we get into the episode, Ray, it is time for that segment, which I like to call What You Been Playing. What you been playing. What have you been playing recently, my man? Oddly enough, it's quite topical, but completely unintended, because I've been playing bum 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 bum. That's my uh, really bad Terminator intro music. I've been playing Terminator Resistance. If no one knew that theme to begin with, just leave the podcast now. Yeah, I don't want to know yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is a game I picked up uh, purely because I heard not bad things about it um <laughs> like everybody i've i've heard who's played it said yeah this is really good actually it just came out of nowhere um licensed terminator video game uh set during the uh proper machine wars of the future so there's no going back to the to the past to look after anybody it's purely about your mission in the future it's made by the developers called Treon. Uh, published by Reef Entertainment. It's a first-person shooter game, very in the vein of Fallout or Outer Worlds. Very similar style, like you go around collecting resources, you upgrade weapons, you can break those weapons down or sell them to the shop for more resources. Very similar kind of skill trees. The lockpicking is exactly the same. Like if you've ever done the lockpick mini game from Fallout, it's the exact same lockpick mini game. You know, the left one is to rotate, and the right one's to jimmy the lock. But it's really cool. You you follow this uh, character called uh, Rivers, who um, he's part of the resistance, and for some reason, this Terminator's after him, and you're trying to figure out the story. But oh god, it's just it's really good, very good, and you know, it's so good. Even Jim Sterling didn't hate it. Wow. Which is now quite impressive. It is indeed. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's very much known to hate absolute everything. Has it really been out that long? Because I'm amazed it hasn't come across my radar before until you've mentioned it. Yeah, I mean, the weird thing is, is that there there was a Terminator movie out. What was it? Two, three years ago. Um, Gen- Genesis, or Genesis, oh, Genesis, whatever that one is. Um, <laughs> which uh, honestly is isn't as bad as people say it is. Um, no, so. It wasn't. 
Yeah, yeah, the intro especially was fantastic, the whole like John Connor bit. But I was really surprised that this game wasn't pushed as much because it does a lot of things better than some of the Bethesda Fallout games. Like it looks better, it does that post-apocalyptic wasteland better. Um granted the gameplay is far more simplified and maybe that's where Bethesda need to kind of learn. Like maybe they should simplify their um Fallout games and kind of improve just the general feel of it more yeah no highly recommend it i, I like I, i've not seen it come, or, come across my radar very much like i was going to buy it new and i couldn't really find it in any shops so i unfortunately had to head to cex but if i found this game new i probably would have bought it um okay because i kind of want to you know give towards the studio but uh yeah highly highly recommend it if you see this and it comes across your radar and it's not too expensive do pick it up um what about yourself uh i've been playing among us now, <laughs> I've seen like a bunch of people on YouTube and Twitch mm. streaming it. And I just thought it looked like hilarious fun. It's a game by Inner Sloth. It's available on PC, Android, and iOS platforms. It's a game where up to 10 players attempt to prep a spaceship for departure, but among you is an imposter aimed with the task of killing everyone. Mm. Um, <laughs> you can win by like completing all tasks, discovering and voting off the imposter. Yeah. Like you can vote them the ship and blast them into space the imposter obviously needs to sabotage play mind games come up with good alibis to get through the game unfortunately i haven't actually gotten to play as an imposter yet but brilliant i cannot wait to do so because it seems like great fun online but uh, i haven't gotten killed i haven't been blasted into space yet so i must be acting really stupid (laughs) because sometimes (laughs) people are like you know some people are actually really nice by saying, you know, oh, Clive, you know, had the opportunity to kill me, but he didn't. And mm. times they might be like, oh, Clive, he's acting really shady, even though I haven't said anything whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imposter is trying to get me voted off, you know? <laughs> I've, I've played a little bit. Um, when, when you said that it was free on iOS, I checked on the uh, Google Play Store. It is actually free on there as well. I think it's loaded with ads, though, which isn't the worst thing in the world as long as you just are patient. Um, yeah, it looks really cool. It's kind of like the thing in space or something. Very much, yeah. It's mm. it's. I definitely highly recommend it. it. Like you said, it is free on iOS. It is free on Android platforms. I think on Steam, it's something like four euro ninety nine cents. So yeah. even still, it's not too bad. But great game to play with uh, friends. You can play mm. up to ten players. So yeah, definitely recommend that. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. What else? I've been playing a tiny bit of Rocket League. Just uh, curious. Uh, funny enough, because it's free now on the PlayStation Store. And a friend of mine, Kieran, who was actually on the podcast with me last week. Yeah, um, Kieran, by the way. He, yeah, thanks, Kieran. He really stepped up to the mark. Um, he carried the show, <laughs> basically. <laughs> like um, you said, you're the monkey, just pressing buttons. <laughs> hey, look, it's your production, man. You're, you're the one doing all the... Uh, the my production. I don't know why he keeps saying that. <laughs> but um, so we played a, a game or two of Rocket League. But then, funnily enough, we loaded up uh, Friday the 13th. So the oh. two of us were playing Friday the 13th. Uh, it took ages to find a good game, so we ended up just playing 1v1. So he was Jason, and I was a counselor, and then I was nice. the counselor, and he was, or I was Jason, and then he was the counselor. Um, and look, it's it's the spooky season, so I try to get as many horror-based games into October as I can. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, Rocket League, I mean, great idea for them to go free-to-play. I think it's the kind of game that you know has that kind of free-to-play model they can obviously mm. make their money as well on microtransactions and skins and that kind of thing but basically opens up a whole new player base for them as well those who didn't pay for it before didn't buy yeah. it before it I, lo- great. I like they're they're quite generous with the rewards they give away 
So like if you're not that type of person who's going to open the wallet and buy the license skin, so the DeLorean or the Batmobile and stuff like that, do you have those? You should. Oh, I have those. I have the Ecto one. Oh, uh, because son of a bitch. Because I have the Switch version, I have the Mario and Luigi themed cars as well. Oh no way. Uh do, do they come with hats on them and stuff? Brilliant. <laughs> um yeah, yeah. So like for, for people who want to kind of invest in like the, the kind of let's say exclusive skins, you can do that. But like they are quite generous with their everyday skins, so you can get like a hot rod, some custom wheels, custom paint jobs. They're not very stingy. Whereas I think other games are very stingy with stuff like that. Like I was saying yeah, previously, like the Avengers um game, the Square Enix one, um, they're so stingy with their like skins. Like you have to really grind just to get an extra skin. And like a skin might only come up one every couple of rewards. So you have to get like five or six nameplates or some sort of icon before you get a bloody skin. It's like, does anyone really care about nameplates or icons? People just want the skins. You'd be surprised though, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, true that, true that. So let's get on to some gaming news anyway. So firstly, let's start off with a game that we talked about a few times. Uh, Fall Guys Season 1 is set mm-hmm. to end on October 8th. Now, Season 2 will begin on the same day, and we'll supposedly have some cool Halloween-themed costumes, which I'm really looking forward to, mm. and the likes of new levels. And I honestly do not have the time to try and grind to level 40 in the next couple of days. So yeah, I think I'm not going to reach level 40 by the end of the season, but I've had great fun so far. Do you think you'll kind of log into season three uh, sorry season two ray yeah yeah absolutely i mean i i've really been loving this game like i would love to do kind of like a four-player uh party chat match again at some point um but even just generally like it's my game for when i'm on my lunch break or something like that and i chill down and i've got like 10 15 minutes to burn just put on fall guys like trish is there watching me play it and she's on the edge of her seat when i'm just jumping across the line being the last person or something like that she's like go 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 um but yeah, no, I've, I like what they're doing with the the next season. Um, it's not necessarily Halloween themed, but there's a lot of themes in there that could kind of be seen as Halloween-ish. Like they got witches' costumes and wizards and stuff like that. They recently showed off uh, one of the up-and-coming maps. Of, mm. What was it called? Something Night. Oh, the name escapes me. Um, you might find it there while I'm wagging on about it. But it looks like the, the maps do look like they're up in the ante a little bit with difficulty. Because I think the people are kind of getting quite cozy with the maps as they are. Now, obviously, they did a little bit of customization and remixes of the current maps. So you get like um, at the like, seesaw level, there's different inverted seesaws. They got the big yeetus, which is the big massive hammers that can smack you around. Um, and they keep jumping and changing them. I'm finding the same level might look different a couple of times mm. in the playthrough. But that level you're talking about, it's called Night Fever. Yeah, that's the one. Knight spelt with a K, like like knights and castles. Yeah. Um, looks amazing. Like I can't wait to see some of the more kind of like crazier levels that they're going to come up with. Mm, um, and that knight costume looks awesome. I want that. <laughs> oh god, they have so many great costumes. I've, I saw a banana one today, and I was just like, I really <laughs> want that. Like, <laughs> but then again, I'm one of those people. That I I never buy virtual currency, so I'm not going to be getting the exclusive costumes. So I can just ha- like stare in awe when other people have them. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Are you going to be joining us for season two of that? Oh, I will indeed. Now, I don't think I'll be as hardcore as I was in the last mm. season, but uh, definitely is it's is a great kind of game you can just kind of pick up and play and swear at the TV for a bit. So, yeah, definitely will yeah. be dropping into that. Um, I just yeah. realized how much I hate Slime Climb as well. Uh, like, there's yeah. just one part on that level that it really I just it bothers the hell out of me. It's the part where the rollers, yeah. like the two rollers, yeah. go into the single one. Yeah, like I hate that. I hate that <laughs> so much. Caught up all the time, yeah. 
Anyway, moving on. According to comicbook.com, this Xbox Series X might have a temperature problem. Now, according stuff. Oh, well, not quite, but <laughs> according to Je Videos, Ken Bogard, the Xbox Series X runs quietly, but it does emit a ton of heat even while running simple tasks. In fact, mm-hmm. the journalist compared the console to a fireplace shaft, and this only while running backward compatible games and navigating the menus. In other words, it wasn't even running demanding Xbox Series X games that are more likely to tax the system. This claim by itself wouldn't be that noteworthy, but Bogart isn't the only one who has made this observation. Giant Bomb's Jeff Bacalar has pointed out the same issue, and according to Bacalar, the console emits a substantial amount of heat even when in standby mode. Further, Bacalar apparently burned his hand on the console's storage expansion. Now, <laughs> it's very odd to hear this, but it is a pre-production unit, so it's not indicative of, you know, mm. the final release, but the fact that it is emitting heat to me is a good sign because it means it's exhausting the heat from the console, which mm. would hopefully mean it's cooler inside. And if it's running quietly, like even IGN's Ryan McCaffrey has said, it's whisper quiet. It's one of the quietest systems he's ever used. Yeah. So uh, what are your thoughts on this anyway? Yeah, I mean, like there's so much expectation for, for these things to do everything and the kitchen sink, like be quiet, be cool everything i think i kind of agree with you like i don't really mind if something's emitting heat because that kind of means that it's at least getting it out of the system i'm wondering is is this purely the um the versions with the disk drive or do you use the disk less versions um well, perhaps it's no youtubers and the tech influencers who've been given a console it's been specifically the xbox series x so unfortunately we haven't seen anything to do with the series s at the moment yeah yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just have to kind of wait and see what happens. I mean, like you can get like high-end PCs that like are constantly blowing out really hot air, but the inside is staying cool. Um, and like that's really all that matters. And look, if I don't have to turn on the heating, all the better, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, look, it's it's kind of a hard one to, to think because I know the vents on the top of the X, so heat naturally rises anyway. Maybe this is just a weird side effect of a console not being on its side, not emitting heat from the sides, and therefore the heat's just constantly rising up, so it does give off that proper heat transfer. I mean, I, I don't know. I'd love to know if he actually put it in like an Ikea shellac style, you know, cabinet where it's just a yeah, yeah. result. But it, it, to me... Like even like you mentioned PCs, I mean, the whole point of, you know, uh, putting all your components together in a PC and putting your fans the correct way, it's to get rid of the heat as fast as possible. And to me, with the Xbox uh, Series X, with the huge fan on the top, just exhausting the heat straight away. And like you said, naturally rises. I think it's probably doing a good job to make sure the components inside are cooler and Mm. the console is throttling and everything else. So like you said, I don't mind a bit of heat. I mean, like, look, it's 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 the inevitability of these new consoles. You can't expect them to be running these high demand. Like, like I know you're saying that that they're saying that it's just kind of background things running and it's still heating up. But look, there's going to be a bit of pull and push with 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 things like this. Um, like, I don't know. Well, I guess we will just have to see when it comes out when someone puts it in front of some sort of thermal reading thing and see just exactly what kind of heat it's giving out. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the Series S as well, because that's one you're picking up, isn't it, Ray? Yeah, and I mean, like, there's no disk drive in it, so it's not going to be doing anything kind of, there's no moving mechanics in it in that kind of regard. I know the heating on it is slightly different. I know it's got that bigger kind of... um, a speaker waffle, iron, waffle iron look <laughs> that's that's taking all the heat out so maybe it'll kind of heat up or kind of dis- distribute that in a different way um, it definitely seems to be very similar because it's just exhausting heat mm, through there anyway so fingers exactly. crossed um yeah i think look if it's not messing with the operation and system and it's just a side effect of the cooling process i think it's a non-issue at this point until something mad starts happening and they all start exploding now speaking of operating systems anyway ray uh, in Japan, some YouTubers and tech influencers got to test out the PS5 console firsthand. Now, some good feedback was that the console was very quiet, which will be great news for any owners of the louder PS4 models like ourselves. Mm. Jet engine, my God. Yep. Uh, they got to test the likes of, say, Astro's Playroom and Godfall. So at least you got to see they got to see something there. But according to PushSquare.com, Sony didn't allow Japanese media to see the PS5's user interface. Now, according to them, unfortunately, a preview published by Dengeki Online reveals that the platform holder kept that feature under wraps as it didn't allow attendees to play around in the device's menus. It also blocked the create button from being used, so we don't know what features that will bring to the table either. I mean, it's amazing how secretive they are being with the menu and the interface, whereas Xbox are being so forthcoming with their information. You know, they're releasing all the details about UI and these quick kind of snappy videos online. They've given Xbox Series X consoles to tech influencers, to YouTubers all over the place. Like you got Linus Tech Tips, you got Austin Evans, you got your average consumer, you got your IGNs, your game spots and everything else. It's even more surprising considering we are just over a month away from the release of both consoles. Yeah, Whereas the Xbox Series X, we feel like we know a lot about, but mm. the PS5, it's just drips and drabs of information. Yeah, like the the, the whole releasing of information by the, the PS5 just feels like you're you're kind of wrestling it out of their fucking hands. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's unusual that they're keeping the UI a secret. Maybe there's something amazing about it that they want to save for like an announcement closer to the date. Maybe it's a completely new experience but i've seen some leaks of the startup screen and the sign in and it kind of looks like an amalgamation of the three and four sign-ins and they were all in russian the uh the screens as well wasn't it the menus and i think so yeah and it like if that's what it is then i don't understand what the big um secrecy thing is i mean like if they're they're not going to reinvent the wheel you might as well go yeah there was nothing wrong with our ui so um we just decided to just keep it going there's a couple of things I would like them to do differently. I mean, to be honest, I don't mind the menu on the PS4 at the moment. Mm. It is just very slow. Hopefully that SSD will fix that going forward. It's terribly one, slow, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. Even when you're trying to look at your friends list, it's just loading, loading, loading. I'm yeah. like, what are we doing here, lads? But the one annoying feature for me, which I hope they fix down the line, is just say you download a bunch of games on mm. PS Plus. Now, yes. you've collected a lot of those games and so on they actually show up in your purchased section so that you know there's a separate playstation plus game section but then mm. there's also your purchase section so yes when you look into your purchase section you're trying to figure hold on did i buy that or was that a ps plus game mm. i don't really know and then i'm like oh 
can I buy this game or did I buy it or did I download it on a PS Plus? It just gets very confusing. Yeah. It's annoying for me because sometimes, you know, uh, something might get released on PS Plus and I didn't get it or, you know, I don't want to be buying double things. So if I already have, say, I don't know, just out of the top of my head, Batman Arkham Knight, if I already have bought that, I don't want to be buying, you know, a different version of the game, like some complete edition or something like that, you know? Yeah. There's other weird things about the PlayStation um, interface, and I don't know whether it's a problem between the, the interface and the store, but one example I have is I own a physical copy of XCOM 2, just the standard base version, right? And it was a PS Plus game not so long ago, and I picked up that. And then they were having a sale on the store of the, the bonus DLC, and it told me I couldn't purchase it. Yes, because of the version I had of the game or said basically you already own this but I was like I don't and I was just thinking that's really shit like what (laughs) can I not like give up the digital license of the game you gave me for PS Plus and I'll just go back to the physical version I have now apparently the only way you can get around that is if you're I think they said on some kind of form if your PS Plus subscription lapses yeah then you could do that workaround but while you're in an active PS Plus subscription It'll just ruin it for you. So it's a bit so annoying, weird. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's really weird. I, w- I wish also that in the um, the games library that, say, if you download a game of the month or whatever, and it's something embarrassing, like, I don't know, fucking Lego Hobbit or something like that, you want to take that out of your library. Why Why can't you just remove it from your library? Just like, no, I give up my option to, to download this game. Or demos, like demos as well. Like, if you download them, they stay in your download library. Yeah, demos, betas as well stay in my purchase mm. section as well. It's just very annoying sometimes, but yeah. um, ho- hopefully they'll uh, work out some of those kinks. But the final piece of news is Sony will be changing Sony's Japanese standard buttons. Now, according to GamesIndustry.biz, Sony is changing one of the primary functions of the X and O buttons, or should I be saying cross and circle, on the PlayStation 5 in Japan, according to a Famitsu mm. report. So where previous PlayStation systems in Japan have used the circle to confirm player choices and the cross button to cancel them or back out of menus, the PS5 will reverse those functions, bringing the Japanese PlayStation buttons in line with those of the rest of the world. Now, I have looked at Twitter. I have seen a lot of posts. I know a lot of Japanese fans aren't happy. I've been saying to you before when I imported, say, a PlayStation Vita or something like that, because I really wanted the white and blue color. Yeah, that's yeah. just me. <laughs> it was. It took a lot of getting used to for me to, you know, figure out the. I'm just going to call them X and O buttons because I hate saying cross and circle. But um, I just took a lot of time to get used to those being switched around. I mean, it won't affect us, so that's fine. But what are your thoughts on this yeah. anyway? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a weird thing when like different regions have their ways of doing it. I know for Japanese market, like X and O, they actually have a, a more of a symbolic meaning than they do to us. Like we just think of them as symbols, but I think in Japanese culture, circle is always seen as the accept and X is the cancel. So for them, it's, it's, it's probably a bit more unintuitive, but this seems like something that could have just been patched in. Do you know what I mean? Like it just, <laughs> it seems like something like maybe you should boot up your system and just ask you, what button configuration do you want to use, like Eastern or, or Western? And you kind of go, well, Eastern, and then it'll just invert it for you. Like, it, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Um, I mean, I've, I've been used to kind of uh, games where circles accept, like if you play JRPGs, I think from 
most of my knowledge, like JRPGs use that um, Eastern kind of button except i think final fantasy does it as well like to open chests and stuff a circle uh i think metal gear solid was originally like that to to interact with stuff it was circle and x was to cancel so i guess i don't know it's all muscle memory look sorry japanese people you'll get used to it <laughs> <laughs> i have oh. bonus news oh ghosts of tsushima version 1.1 is out on october 16th for those of you who have played ghost of tsushima i have played it it's fantastic possibly one of my games of the year um sucker punch being the ever generous uh purveyors of good goods uh are giving away a completely brand new free expansion to ghost of tsushima called ghost or ghost of tsushima legend i'm gonna have to i'm just gonna say ghosts from now on because there's only so many times i say tsushima um Ghost Legends is an add-on to the current base game, which basically puts you into um, four-player online co-op or two-player online story missions, uh, where you basically, if you've played the game, you'll understand who these four legends are. They're they're kind of the mythos of the game. But where the normal game is set in a very realistic setting, this is more like your uh, extreme Assassin's Creed fantasy-based kind of missions. So... These are the legends living through the stories that the people have told about them. Not only that, but there's a couple of other edits and updates that they're doing in this patch 1.1. They're giving loadouts, which people have been like crying out for <laughs> since day one. I found this incredibly frustrating that you can't just have base loadouts. So like if you go into a mission, you have to like swap out the mask and the helmets and the pants and everything bloody thing. And as far as I know, you also get a shiny new horse, or should I say a clean new horse. Um, so yeah, anyone who's got the game, hold on to it for a bit longer. Don't cash it in, don't sell it. And you're also getting a new game plus with difficulty levels um, increased. Um, so yeah, there you go. Bonus bit of news out October 16th. Looking forward to Brilliant. it. I love Sucker Punch as a studio. Um, they're absolutely brilliant. I mean, I loved the Sly Cooper games growing up. Mm. They obviously did all the infamous games as well, yeah. which I enjoyed, especially First Light, which was kind of the side story from, you know, Second mm. Son, I think it was. But that was a really good game. It starred Laura Bailey. But yeah, get, can't wait to get back into this game again. It's just once that game came along and I started playing it, then you had other games coming around and like even you're gonna have to my- join me for um the two-player story missions definitely definitely <laughs> we go hunt, hunt down some some uh assassins in feudal japan <laughs> <laughs> now onto the main topic of the show right do you want to tell the audience a bit more about that yeah i mean um it's kind of a bit of a uh leapfrog situation like on the other podcast i'm kind of doing we, we've gotten into a bit of a time travel kind of loop pardon the pun uh, where we're talking about movies that have time travel as kind of like a a main kind of story beat and funnily enough now we're dealing with horror movies with horror time travel elements um but i thought it'd be really cool to kind of talk about different games that we like that use either time manipulation as a tool or a weapon or just the story is heavily involved around time and loops and time travel um so yeah, I mean, I, I can kick it off if you want with one of my big choices. Um, so this is a game, I've seen it on a couple of people's list of like hidden gems that are on uh, the last gen. So the Xbox, PS3 and PC, uh, or PC is current gen forever. So um, <laughs> goddamn master race. But it's a game called Singularity. It was brought out by Raven Software uh, through Activision back in 2010. So God, 10 years, over 10 years. Yeah, 10 years ago now. Um, 
So I'm going to try and recall the story of this <laughs> as best I can. So you're this um, soldier who's, uh, well, I think, brought into some mission in Russia and you're investigating this kind of weird uh, situation that's kicking off there. You figure out that there's this alternate timeline that's been running that you're trying to prevent is kicking off. Uh, but anyways, look, either be the story is kind of a bit throwaway. It's the tool that you acquire in this, which is actually the best thing ever. You get this, um, like it's a time manipulation handheld device. So it looks kind of similar to the um, Repulsor from Tony Stark. So it kind of goes on the hand and it kind of does that. Oh, actually, do you know what it looks like? It looks like the kind of time travel things that they have in Avengers on their hands like that for returning back to the past. So it's basically, it's a time manipulation device, a TMD. And what it does is it if you aim it at something, it can age or reduce the time that something is affected by. So if you see a steel door and you need to get through it, you aim this uh, device at it and you can age the door massively so the door will rust and crumble. Or say, for example, if, if you're trying to operate a lift or something and the mechanics are all rusted, you can actually manipulate the device to restore it um, so it looks brand new. And this is just blew my mind. It's like you can use it on loads of different things. And then as you upgrade it, you can actually use it to kill enemies. So if enemies are running towards you, you can age them really quick and they just crumble to dust. <laughs> um, but I just thought it was just like a fantastic uh, creative weapon to be incorporated into a game. Um, I can't think of many other games that have quite a, a, a device like that. Yeah, I mean, look, it's 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 a really good game, but there's other creatures in it that are kind of cool, but um, I haven't finished this game. It was very good, but I just got distracted and kind of moved on to something else. But I always remember that um, mechanic being very, very um, creative. Yeah, and what a lot of people don't know is Nolan North and Troy Baker both did voices on that. Now, I think Nolan North was one of the main actors, but Troy Baker was additional voices so he's probably, probably captain renko was he nolan north was james devlin but you know when someone is under additional voices that means yeah. they could probably be doing sound effects for the enemy or you know random characters yeah. and so on but God, yeah the north and troy baker have the bloody scene mopped up don't they Leave some voice acting for the rest of us eh i love both again, voice acting <laughs> yeah no they're pretty cool but god damn like you, you the problem with Nolan North and Troy Baker is that as soon as you hear their voices, it's just like, oh, that's Nolan North and Troy Baker. Well, Avengers, they're in that as well, aren't they? <laughs> Both of them, yeah. I, I actually think no, uh, Troy Baker voices two or three people in it because I he- keep hearing the same voices to the bloody thing. Um, oh, apparently Yuri Lowenthal is under additional voices in Singularity as well. Hmm. Spider-Man himself. Thwip, thwip! What about yourself? Any... Um, highlights of time manipulation time travel games yeah probably a game you've heard me talk about quite a lot uh quantum break um mm. <laughs> released in 2016 for the xbox one it was published by microsoft developed by remedy entertainment who we know for likes to say max Payne, control mm. alan wake uh sean ashmore known for his roles in x-men and the tv series the rookie starred as jack joyce who fell victim to like a failed time machine experiment and after this, he found he like was given several kind of time manipulation pairs, which was really cool. So a couple of them were time vision. So he can see premonitions and senses echoes from the past. Uh, mm-hmm. You can basically see parts of what happened in the past. You can hear conversations that took place in the past. And it was also used as a means to locate enemies as well, which is really cool. 
they have a, a power called time stop so you can stop time in like a focused area so say for instance if someone is attacking you you can stop time around them to slow them down temporarily mm. but you can also kind of create like a time bubble around them start shooting at them like with a rifle and stack bullets and once the time bubble kind of stops it creates a huge force of energy planting a crap load of bullets into them time dodge you use time again to gain like a quick burst and kind of dodge bullets uh mm. time shield you can create like a time force field as such to kind of stop bullets from hitting you uh from in front of you time blast so you can concentrate on a specific area and mm. create like a huge kind of blast which is kind of great for getting rid of multiple enemies in a group and finally time rush so you kind of slow down time to dodge bullets so like say for instance you can really slow down time kind of run around enemies and then attack them from behind with the element of surprise so it's actually really cool so cool definitely would recommend that yeah i really need to go back and play that um that was one of the few games um that almost made me hold on to my xbox one when i got it um i knew you were playing it you were like oh this is amazing like i was was just like oh that's probably the only game i really want to play like I, I think break. I was sending you guys clips every now and again, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, this looks so interesting. I really want to play it. But um, yeah, when I move on to the Xbox for the, the next generation, maybe it's a game I'll go back and revisit. Um, yeah, I, I mean, on Game Pass, yeah. Yeah, it is on Game Pass. So once you get that Series S, you can play it no problem whatsoever. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can kick off with another one anyway, if you want. Yeah, fire away. Um, just quickly, <laughs> another Remedy game. Max Payne. God, this was released mm. 2001. Man, I feel old. But <laughs> it was released for Xbox, PS2, and PC, developed by Remedy Entertainment. In the game, you play as Max Payne, who's like a <laughs> renegade DEA agent, former NYPD officer, mm. and you hunt down those responsible for murdering your wife and child, as well as being framed for murder of your partner. So the whole kind of hunting down those responsible for murdering your wife and child, it's very... I don't know, John Wickish, where he was killing yeah, everyone because yeah. they killed his puppy. <laughs> mm. Some call it like a neo-noir third-person shooter video game. This so is, uh, yeah, though, this this game, um, I, uh, I hope not taking words out of your mouth, but this is the origin of Bullet Time, though, isn't it? Yeah, pretty like much. This, like, without this game, we probably would never have had that scene in The Matrix where Neo is <laughs> jumping backwards uh, because this whole idea of... Um, uh, it's very John Wooish again, uh, like where you jump through a corner and you've got the two guns out, and you you can actually aim and shoot while you're jumping from one corridor to another, and then time catches up again. Um, like uh, a pretty amazing game. Like I, I've never played it all the way through, but I have played a couple of levels of it. Um, yeah, on PlayStation One or two. Yeah, I mean, two. but like you said, it definitely became famous for like the bullet time mechanic. Like with this as a core combat mechanic. Everything around you slows down, but you appear to kind of react in real time. So it's like your your mm. reticle is and your aiming reticle is just moving in real time, yeah. but everything else around you is just slowed down. And like even Max Payne's shots are like suspended in slow motion, which is really cool. It was just like a really fun, over the top, ridiculous game. They also released Max Payne 2 Remedy, but I think Rockstar Games was the one who made the third one, which mm. was still a good game, but Overall, I think, yeah, definitely Max Payne 1 would be my favorite out of that series anyway. Yeah. 
deadly deadly um yeah i must add god another game i must go back and revisit at some point yeah my one then um this is like i wouldn't say it's a hidden gem like uh, most people who are aware of this game will have played it is uh life is strange um so this is a game that came out in 2015 so from dope nod entertainment um published by square enix this is one of those very rare games that i'm not really into but i got completely sucked into so it's kind of like if anyone's familiar with the telltale games they're like story-based ones you know filled with fetch quests blah 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 but this does it in a very different way it's very kind of um hits at that angsty kind of teenager drama but with the underlying kind of supernatural element so you play as this kid uh called max and she's you know in school one day and this instant kicks it all off and she's suddenly realizes that she has the ability to rewind time so she's thinks she's going crazy at first she's not sure if this is actually what's happening and then she realizes oh my god i can actually rewind time and the entire story is all about the consequences of resetting time about should you do the right thing or the wrong thing and you go back and then you see how it plays out a different way um it's just oh, so such an amazing game and like obviously i, ca- I can't go into it too much because it'll give away some massive plot twists and spoilers but there's like decisions in it where you're kind of going Fuck, could i have actually saved this person or could i've done this or oh, should i not have done that and you kind of want to go back and replay it and try the alternative decisions and you know for the for most parts you can rewind as much as you want but there are certain key story beats in it where uh you're unable to rewind certain scenes because you've used your ability too much and that's when you have to live with your consequences because you've up until this point you've been kind of thinking oh i can just use this ability whenever i want and then you realize nope you've been using it too much it's like (laughs) no oh god (laughs) and uh yeah yeah and and honest to god it's it's one of these stories where uh when i first played i was just like oh this is just a very kind of juno-esque teenage drama story but it really does take a dark turns about halfway through and mm. there's proper bits of this like my, my fiance trish has sat down and watched me play this game and she would be like oh my god did that just happen like did that person like just do that and it's like yeah holy shit and we actually had to walk away from it i was just like oh my god i can't wait to play the next episode but let's give it a few days um but yeah totally totally play that game if uh if you've never played it yeah it's just one of those games that would be it's not just a good one to play, but it's also something that someone else could just watch you play. So like you were saying, Trish could just watch you play that. I know other mm. people have just watched me play the likes of, say, you know, Uncharted. Yeah. It's almost like a movie, really, you know? So it's it's great yeah. when you have those kind of games where, you know, everyone can enjoy, even though everyone might not necessarily be playing it at the yeah. same time. And it sometimes help on the decision making as well. So like I'd be playing it and I'd be like, fuck, I need to make this decision. And <laughs> I'll be chatting to her about like, should I do this? Like, and, and like, should we, should I think about this? Like, but I don't like that person, but this is probably the right person thing to do. Oh, so like, yeah. it almost becomes like a little bit of a, um, like a voting diplomatic decision. <laughs> Democratic votes go, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, cool. My next one would be Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. So I guess that's mm. kind of good because it, it kind of leans on what you're saying about using your power too much as well. This game, released in 2003, came out for the GameCube, PS2, and Xbox. Now, I specifically remember playing the GameCube version, but I do know it was ported to other consoles. But anyway, it was like published and developed by Ubisoft, who we all know and love. Mm. It's a third-person 
action adventure game in the game like you obtain like a dagger of time so it's like a blade but like an hourglass on the handle and it contains what they call the sands of time so Hmm. with that the dagger by using the sands of time you can rewind time for up to 10 seconds so like say for instance if you make a mistake or die you can rewind time for up to 10 seconds and choose you know where to kind of place yourself back in time it's like a great platforming game has wall running elements typical with the prince of persia game while in combat you can slow down time immediately around you freeze time for like a single enemy and freeze time completely so you can attack enemies while they're still as you use the pairs and use up the sand in the dagger when you run empty obviously the pairs are gone and you need to collect more so mm. it kind of makes you think strategically about how you use your pairs and how much you use them for how long we all know like a movie was later made on it starring jake gyllenhaal Gemma arterton and ben kingsley now mm. i should have talked about this on our episode written in the stars which you can go back and listen to by the way <laughs> log, but, log. yeah even though it was a crap movie like i really enjoyed it i mean who doesn't like ben kingsley i mean if you don't like him get away <laughs> but no overall is very good game I would love to play it again, but looking at the remastered version, it just does not look mm. great at all. I think I'd rather yeah, probably go back and play the original game. It's, yeah, it's kind of funny because when I was watching that Ubisoft, um, what, what do they call it? Ubisoft Forward? Is that what their event Something is called? Like that, yeah. Um, you were saying, oh, I'll keep an eye out for the um, Prince of Persia remake. And like I saw it, I was just like, this just doesn't look great like at all. It looked like it should have been on like xbox 360 or ps3 it didn't look like a game that's going to be coming out in the future yeah um so i don't know whether that that's a creative decision that they wanted to keep it with that old school vibe or something or i don't know it just like just looked a little poor yeah i agree so what's your next one buddy my one next one is a bit (laughs) of a cop-out because there's not really any time mechanics in this game it's just a game that takes place over periods of time which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, the arcade game. Which hold on, hold on. Deadly. This totally qualifies because it's time as like time warping and time manipulation as that's true. A story beat. So mm. by all means, man. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, look, it totally qualifies. So, um, look, this game you don't. I don't really need to hamper on about too much. Uh, like amazing arcade game. Uh, released in 1991 uh, by Konami when Konami still did video games. Like we've played this many a times in in Token. Like just your standard kind of uh, 2D scroller beat 'em up, but just Ninja Turtles. What can you say? They're just amazing. Yeah. I mean, like the amount of money I've. I think no, I definitely haven't put more money into uh, Turtles in Time than I have with uh, the Simpsons, Simpsons arcade game. No. <laughs> You've probably sunk more money into the Simpsons. You could probably buy one of those fucking cabinets. I've probably given the whole staff a token of raise just for the amount of coins I've actually put into bloody uh, Simpsons arcade game. But Mm. no, I mean, yeah, it's not necessarily time mechanics, but the plot does involve being sent through like a time warp by Shredder. It is a great side-scrolling arcade beat-em-up. The Turtles, like, they get sent through the time warp, but they obviously have to fight their way through shredder's army both in the past and the future in order to get Mm. home so i think they face shredder until he falls to his death and the statue of liberty is returned to its place was that right yeah i think that was yeah yeah Yeah. i mean funny enough this this game has been kind of uh cloned by konami for different um consoles i know they 
released. I think the the game on the NES is still called Turtles in Time or the SNES. It is indeed, yeah. Uh, but then there's a different version of the same game, or at least uses so many elements from it that it might as well be the same game called Hyperstone Heist, which is the version for the Mega Drive slash Genesis if you're in North America. Um, like it's very similar intro. I think the Hyperstone shrinks things and they're kidnapped, mm. uh, whereas in Turtles in Time they're just abducted through time. I think. Yeah. Um, but basically it's the same game, just like a few different levels here and there. And I think as far as I know, Hyperstone Heist is still recommended to be the better version. I could be wrong, but then again, I was a Mega Drive fanboy, so I would say mm. that. And then did they release the Turtles in Time reshelled? It was like a remastered version of yeah. Turtles in Time, which I don't think the fans really enjoyed it as much as the no. old ones. And this is the, this is the shitty thing because I remember Turtles in Time. Like, obviously, the arcade game is fantastic. Like, uh, yeah. anytime we got a token, you know, sponsor the show token, uh, we, um, we've we always played that game and kind of sunk, like, a lot of money in their tokens, sponsor the show token. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, this is a game that's prime for, like, a quality of life improvement remake similar to, say, Streets of Rage 4. Like, give me that game. Give me the animated Turtles side-scroller beat-em-up. Like, come on. Like, no one's going to confuse that license with the current horrendous Ninja Turtles movie that's out at the moment <laughs> or the CG cartoon that's on Nickelodeon. Just give us a uh, Turtles in Time sequel of some kind. Yeah, I would love that. That would be amazing. Yeah, with the retro 8-bit Turtles or 60-bit oh, Turtles. Oh, of course, yeah. Like, I, I think even Streets of Rage did that where you can unlock kind of retro skins mm. as well as the other ones. So, yeah. And apparently they play really well. Like, they because yeah. the new characters have, like, all the different kind of hand-drawn animation, they've kept the animation from the old characters, but apparently they play just as well as the new characters. Mm. Yeah, uh, mm. had really good fun with that. Uh, but, yeah, great game. Uh, next on my list, another Nintendo game, funnily enough, it is Zelda, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. So this one was released in 1998 for the Nintendo 64, published and developed by Nintendo. It's widely known as one of the best, if not the best game, probably next to Breath of the Wild. I know a lot of people are debating whether it's you know Breath of the Wild or Ocarina of Time, but mm. I'll let them fight about it amongst themselves. <laughs> the game was like a sight to behold at the time. Like it was completely different to everything else that they had done before. Uh, mm. In the game, you collect like three spiritual stones. Then you can play the song of time in the temple of time. And by using the master sword in the pedestal of time, there's a lot of times in this, <laughs> you, you can freely travel through time between like Link's childhood and adulthood. Now, yeah. the cool kind of mechanic is you can only complete certain tasks or objectives as a child or an adult Link. So oh. say, for instance, even weapons like the slingshot you can only use while you're a child, or if you're an adult, you can only use the bow. So yeah. they had that kind of thing going on. It's been ported to the likes of the 3DS. Um, it was included on a game disc that came with Wind Waker on the GameCube, which I remember fondly. And I think it also came to Wii and Wii U Virtual Console as well. But it's a game that I'm hoping will come as like part of a zelda 35th anniversary collection because i do know that the zelda 35th anniversary is coming up next year so okay. you know similar to what they did with the mario collection where they had uh, mm. mario 64 super mario sunshine and mario galaxy in a collection i would love to see the likes of say ocarina of time uh link to the past uh majora's mask all in a collection yeah but overall definitely a game worth playing anyway 
Mm, awesome. Yeah. I mean, it could be one of those things that if they're bringing out this rumored Switch Pro next year, that they could tie it in with that. Um, we know that Nintendo love rolling out their older versions of games years after the fact. <laughs> Uh, my next one, it's more so a anticipated time game. We've talked about the games we've played and now about a game that we have yet to play, which is one from Arcane Studios uh, under the, the, the publisher of Bethesda. It's a game called Deathloop. I'm interested by this game a lot. Uh, when I first saw it, I was really put off by the look of it. It looked a little bit kind of... Uh, what would be the best word? Pulp would probably be what I okay. want to say. Like it had that kind of like pulp look to it. Like, you know, those like double feature movies that you would see like um, by Rodriguez or something like Romero or something like that. Romero, yeah. But anyways, um, which is really weird because I love those movies. But it's you're, the idea is you're this assassin, I think, and you're stuck in a certain time loop and you have to kill all these targets. But there's one person after you. And it looks like it's kind of like a cross between your, like, I know this is a bit far out, but it's like a cross between Dishonored and uh, uh, Hitman. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe not Dishonored, maybe something a bit more like Doom or something. Uh, but it looks like it's fast-paced first-person shooter. Uh, but you've got to think about how you're going to get your targets in close proximity to each other so you can kill them within a specified time. Mm-hmm. Um I really like this. And the fact that it basically, you know, if you don't kill them all, it just resets and you have to do it again. Um, so I'm, when that's out, that's supposed to be out in Q2 2021. So I'm kind of hoping, I wonder actually, will this game, now that Microsoft have acquired um, Bethesda, will this actually be a game that'll be on Game Pass day one? Or is this prior to that deal? As far as I've seen online, I think Xbox have said they will honor the exclusivity agreement that was put mm-hmm. in place beforehand but yeah i'm sure as soon as that exclusivity deal runs out it's going on to game pass day one definitely yeah 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 i'm really looking forward to playing it i mean look it's it's just looks amazing like it, it really does look like something that's like a cross between like dishonored and and um uh hitman yeah uh i think it's coming out on windows on the same day so i'd love to see if microsoft might even just release it day one on game pass for the pc that would be very interesting because mm. technically they said it would be i think it's i think it's a console exclusive deal they had but obviously if it's windows i'm sure they could put it up on there yeah the the kind of brief description i'm seeing here now i'm just going off a wikipedia page which is just saying uh to be released for windows and initially on playstation 5 as a timed console exclusive so it probably will come out windows on day one as well yeah, so I would probably say maybe they might even put it on Game Pass day one, Xbox. Yeah, PC. yeah. Like that's pretty crazy when you think about it. Thank God I have that PC. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have enough games to play. I can bide my time till uh, like Q three twenty twenty one. Cool. I will just round out a couple of quick shout outs anyway. So Time Splitters two, great game with kind of different time periods from like historical to futuristic definitely a very fun game if you ever see that around definitely play it uh matrix the path of neo again they use you know that any good i have i have that on playstation 2 i think i got it in some sort of movie deal not necessarily good but i enjoyed it for what it was <laughs> oh but, wait hang on a second i'm confused i'm thinking about enter the matrix. matrix yeah i thought you were thinking that yeah sorry yeah, that was i did not enjoy that at all but that's uh, the weird tie into the movie yeah. <laughs> but uh, Path of Neo, I actually 
kind of enjoyed it. It had cool kind of bullet time mechanics as well in the game, you know, mm. reminiscent of, you know, the Max Payne games where you can kind of dodge bullets while time slows down around you. And then you can do all that kind of karate kicks and that. Uh, Super Time Force Ultra. It's like a cool pixelated indie game. Like it's like a side scrolling action shooter with uh, multiplayer functionality. So mm. it's kind of got a lighthearted feel, funny storyline, but there's kind of elements where you're going around blasting things, but then you can rewind time for like a certain period of time, you know, similar to Prince of Persia Sands of Time, mm. but rewind uh, time for, I can't remember how long you can do it for, but you can basically rewind, choose what point you want to go back into, and then basically dive right back into the action, which is oh, pretty nice. And finally, Beautiful Joe 2, which was released in 2004, uh, came out on the GameCube and the PS2. It was published by Capcom and developed by Clover Studio. It's like a cel-shaded side-scrolling beat-em-up game. It's been critically acclaimed for like its unique visual style and gameplay. If you don't know it, if you saw a picture of them, you probably know it straight away. It's, it's kind of cool where you have these kind of powers. They're called like VFX powers. It's like a slow motion style thing, similar to bullet time. So it can kind of yeah, be- yeah. Advantage was really cool, but it uh, sounds like such an early two thousands game. <laughs> oh, it's a really fun game. Definitely have fun memories of it as a child. I think I still have the GameCube disc somewhere as well. But yeah, definitely a game you should check out if you if you can find it. Anyway, that has been the episode. Everyone, Ray, can you please let the beautiful people out there know what have you been up to? What are you up to? What are you doing? Where can we find you? Well, I also run, or let's say co-run, a movie and TV show review podcast called Screen 17s. Myself, friend Eddie and Rob, we've kind of not put up as many episodes in the last while. <laughs> Life has kind of gotten in the way. Uh, but like, yeah, you can check us uh, on Spotify. I think it's on Apple and other podcast playlist places as Screen 17 or on Instagram at Screen 17 Podcast. We don't post there too often, but when we do, it's absolute gold. Wink, wink. <laughs> you can find us using at SideQuest Heroes on Instagram and you can find us using SideQuest Heroes on Spotify, Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts and all those other kick-ass podcast services available online. If you want to follow me, I am on Twitch. I am on Twitter. I am on Instagram, all as Clivesor. So that is me, Ray. Thank you very much for today. Thank you. And we will see you very soon, guys. Take it easy. Bye. Bye.